0: So crooks have got to love a gospel passage, right? <laughs> Make friends for yourself by means of dishonest wealth. So if you're dishonest, you're already halfway there. <laughs> Jesus' story is probably fairly unrealistic, as people and money go. But perhaps the lesson Jesus is teaching is not how to be financial wizards. Perhaps the lesson is more about God and each other. Perhaps a lesson that God wants us to be good stewards of our relationships and good stewards of each other. In the story Jesus told, the master had to realize that he was not going to get paid the full amount by all of his debtors. The steward had mismanaged the master's property, so the master was going to be losing money, and he knew it. The steward, or the former steward, caretaker guy, Knowing also that the master was going to lose money, decided that if the master was, was going to lose money from, was not going to benefit, rather, from his mismanagement, then at least all of the creditors could benefit from his mismanagement. Now, the guy was crooked that at least he was finally managing things well. He didn't manage the property well, but he managed the losses and the people quite well. Having mismanaged his master's property, he could have been fired and friendless, or he could have been fired with friends in abundance. The result was the same for the master either way. He wouldn't get all that he was owed. So the master commended the former steward for his cleverness. At least he was managing something at that point, relationships and people. Perhaps while we may be poor stewards of many things, we are good stewards of people, good stewards of our relationships then God will be pleased. Perhaps if we treat each other well and respect the dignity of every human being, then God will say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master. That was from Matthew 25, Jesus telling the parable of the talents, and those who had made more from the talents that had were told, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master. The master said, well done, because the servants had made more money. But remember, this was a parable. God has no need for money. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, God says in Psalm 50, 50, verse 12, for the world and all that is mine is in it. God does not require food or money from us. What God requires is to do justice and to love mercy and to walk humbly with God. Micah 6, 8. Notice the baptismal covenant doesn't say, will you be a financial wizard, or will you completely competently manage every gift God has given you? I will with God's help. No. <laughs> the promises we make in our baptism have to do with people, and how we relate to and treat other people. Of course, what we do with our money is tied to how we relate to and treat other people. The parable is teaching us to use what we have for the well-being of others, and to build up for our. Oh yes, I gotta. Write, it's like bad English right there. And just anyway, the parable is teaching us that we need to use what we have for the well-being of others and to build up for ourselves treasures in heaven. We're being taught to use the gifts that we've been given to serve people around us, not necessarily to talk very well at all. <laughs> now, in our budget at St. Mark's, we have recently been given a great gift by the diocese. There was faithful stewardship and good financial management in the diocese, and with the sale of St. Luke's, they they managed that well. And so all of the churches in the diocese are going to be asked to give substantially less to the diocese than they have been. And so Bishop Doyle is asking that we take the savings that we're going to have and spend it out there somewhere. Having been given a windfall, the bishop is asking that we spend it not on ourselves, but on those in need around us. And the vestry and I, as we look at next year's budget, will be determining what we can do with this gift that we've been given. We know the needs of Bay City are great, and in light of the gospel, we can't simply take the savings from the diocese and use it all to help ourselves. Now, we've got expenses coming. We passed a deficit budget hoping that growth in the parish would happen over this year. We've got repairs coming to our church building. We need to take care of We've got a little bit of debt we need to continue paying off. We've got the regular bills that come in every month, the water, the electricity, the insurance, salaries. We've got our current outreach efforts, which we're already doing, our Friday breakfasts, giving financially to MeHop and Boys and Girls Club and the Crisis Center. We've got other outreach efforts. And we have all of these financial responsibilities, and we had them before we received this gift from the diocese. And these responsibilities are ours to bear. And our windfall from the diocese should not be used for ourselves and our current financial responsibilities, but to do something new, and to serve the people of Bay City in some new way. Now, I don't know what that's going to be yet. Like I said earlier, the vestry and I will be determining that over the coming months, maybe even over the coming year. So what's on your heart? What needs do you see in Bay City? What's not being done that St. Mark's particularly could do? Talk to your vestry members. Give them ideas. Give them suggestions. A need on your heart may be a need which St. Mark's particularly is equipped to meet. Of course, the needs on our hearts also may be The needs which each of us are particularly equipped to meet. In light of today's gospel, I believe that we are all being called to re-examine how we are managing all that God has given us. Is there giving to meet the needs of those around us in our financial budgets? Is there giving to meet the needs of those around us in our budgets of time? There is a cost And part of that cost is spending some of our time and spending some of our money to help meet the needs of those around us. Part of the cost of being Jesus' disciple is using our particular talents to serve the world, striving for justice and peace among all people, and respecting the dignity of every human being. There's a cost to being Jesus' disciple, but look at the results. Think of the people in the story Jesus told, the ones who owed a hundred and were told make it fifty and make it eighty. Imagine the joy and relief of those people having had such a burden lifted. That's life in the kingdom of God. That's the joy that comes with the cost of being Jesus' disciple. As Jesus pointed out in the story we heard today, even dishonest people can share with others if it's for their own benefit. How much more would we, who are disciples of Jesus, share with others purely for their benefit? Amen.